0: Well, good morning, everybody. It's Kevin Stevenson, and you're with me on I Don't Care. Uh, really excited, as always. We're really we're kind of getting into this video podcast thing, and uh, it's it's becoming uh, I hate to use this phrase our new norm. So uh, keep those uh, comments coming in. Uh, you know, any wardrobe suggestions for me? I'm always willing to take those as well. Uh, but. Uh, Got a really interesting guest on today. It's uh, Rajesh Midha, and Rajesh is with Bottle Rocket. And so, Rajesh, welcome to I Don't Care. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. We're really glad to have you on the show today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I'd like to hear more about Bottle Rocket. It's—I've uh, been looking at your website. It looks like a really, really interesting company. Thank you. Uh,
1: so, Bottle Rocket is an experienced consultancy. We provide business strategy product design and tech services that we try to drive business results and solve unmet needs and whether those unmet needs are for the patient or the provider or even some healthcare administration or care team members. We really try to think about what can we do to make the experience of engaging with a company or a brand better. We were founded in 2008, the day after Steve Jobs announced the App Store. So our history is in and around making apps. Uh, in that regard, we've made digital front doors, as well as like well-known apps like Southwest or Chick-fil-A or you know, other sort of healthcare-related items in the arena of Baylor Scott & White and Vivify Health. Mm-hmm. The apps and experiences we've made now, I'm proud to tell you, run about $100 billion plus in terms of commerce every year.
0: So it's, it's really exciting, and I'm excited to be here with you. Well, thanks so much. So did I hear you correctly? You created the Southwest. Uh, is that Southwest Airlines app?
1: Correct, correct. Are you interesting?
0: A fan? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I've, I've had uh, many occasions to use that, and my wife happens to be a flight attendant for Southwest. And so uh, very, very cool. We
1: actually continue to work with them. We really pride ourselves on establishing long-term relationships, and we've been fortunate to work with them now for five, six years, and,
0: and that continues, and
1: And we're still helping them with things. They're a terrific team, terrific organization.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, that's great to hear. Well, and I was looking at your bio, and and I saw that you've had a, a, a fair amount of healthcare experience. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So uh, prior to joining uh Bottle Rocket, I was the chief product officer at a health tech company backed by Google called Quartet Health. Mm -hmm. And we were sort of trying to solve problems in and around behavioral health. And so, you know, at some point, and we can go into the history long ago, physical health and mental health got separated. But really, as we know, total health comes from that combination of physical and mental, and often these days, depending on who you ask, spiritual as well. Mm -hmm. But on the physical and mental side, we focused on the intersection of the primary care physician with their patient population. And what we tried to do was we believe that it's possible to write a predictive algorithm for mental health. Like imagine if we could tell who was gonna have a mental health issue or an addiction related issue before it happened. Now we're not there yet, but the kinds of things we were working on were seeing if we could change the utilization path by looking at claims data and EHR data and, and inserting some sort of behavioral health intervention, leveraging the PCP office. Uh, and, and so yeah, that's what I was working on right before.
0: Okay, I wanna hear a lot more about that. You're gonna to have to come back whenever you get to that point. Because I'll tell you right now, I've got a number of friends and family members. I'd like to plug into that algorithm to see, you know, just how crazy they're going to get. No, I'm kidding. You know? <laughs> so so anyway, so, so let's talk more about bottle rocking. As I said, you know, you've got, there's three areas that I'd really like to discuss that, that you guys are in the midst of. Let's talk about, tell tell me a little bit about how you go about, you uh, Uh, creating and implementing that uh, digital front door uh, strategy for your clients?
1: Okay, terrific. So I think the first thing to know is that uh, we believe at Bottle Rocket that there are several pain points that exist in healthcare. And those pain points exist for um, the provider, uh, the the patient, uh, the patient's family, Uh, as well as even the health system having to adopt new processes and new technology. And even inclusive in that is the pharma industry, which partners really well to think about how medicine can help and how to have a partnership with the health system and and the community uh, of practitioners within it. As it relates to digital front doors, we believe that digital front doors are a way for health systems To create a better experience for patients and their families. And uh, often today, the first point of entry into a health system is online. Mm -hmm. And, And that was true even before COVID, but never more than in the COVID world we're living in. And so how do we help patients to very quickly get engaged to the care that they need or find the answers that they need? And once we form a relationship with that patient, how do we make sure that they don't uh, <laughs> utilize services elsewhere that are subpar? And digital front doors are a key component to patient acquisition, patient experience and engagement, and patient retention.
0: And so, so how, do, how do you go about that? You know, talk, I'd like to hear a little bit about your process you know, when you're working with that client and and things along those lines.
1: Right, so the first thing that we do is we try to sit down with the uh, health system team and really think about what are the business objectives you have, what are the patient and provider unmet needs that you have, Mm -hmm. and what technology do we have to leverage already in place? And often these days, we're also taking a look at what does your brand stand for? Because that's a really important component mm-hmm. as well. Great experience today is not just functional. It's not just like Amazon, where it's highly functional, but often soulless. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's as, as people in healthcare, we got into the business of healthcare because we care. And right. so how do we let that come through in the experience that we create? Okay. So the process starts with, with looking at the business unmet need, um, the business need, the patient unmet need, technology and brand. And then we find these areas where there's convergence in terms of if we were to solve this patient unmet need, it will also result in the kind of growth that we want to see from a business perspective. And we believe it's feasible from a technology perspective. Okay. And then we actually go out and start to implement.
0: Okay. Interesting. Okay. And, and so you, you, great segue to my, into the next topic I'd like to talk about. You were you were discussing that a little bit earlier. Talk about how that integrates in with a patient journey as a whole. You know, once you get them in the front door, and so now, now what? And so
1: when we think about the patient journey, uh, you know, there's this idea of like awareness. How does a patient find out about patients? Uh, us as a healthcare organization. And then once that awareness happens, how do we actually convert them into becoming a patient? And then once they are a patient, how do we keep them retained and engaged and having the best experience with us as that healthcare provider? Um, And ideally we wanna turn in the last phase, that patient to be incredibly loyal and an advocate for the health system or or provider. Um, And so what we think about is we think about the patient journey through all of those steps. And to your exact question on once they are a patient, what do we do? Mm -hmm. We believe that some of the things that help the health system and help the patient are things like clear billing, easy payment, reminder notifications, Uh, the ability to connect with a doctor or care team without having to pick up the phone. Um, And these are all things that we build into the digital front door. Um, And most patients these days are accessing that digital front door from their most personal device, their phone. It's less website. It's more through this device right here.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, So there are a couple of things, you know, a couple of aspects of of the patient journey that that I'd like to delve into a little bit. Uh, One being the patient portal, and you've kind of touched upon that, but would like to hear a little bit more about the breadth of that portal. And then also let's talk a little bit about, you know, the big bugaboo in hospitals is because we're so large and, and oftentimes our physical plants have been added onto multiple times so wayfinding gets to be a real dissatisfier for for patients and visitors. Talk a little bit about about how you guys integrate that into the patient experience as well.
1: Yeah, and when you talk about wayfinding, are you thinking a little bit through like wayfinding within the actual hospital setting itself or wayfinding through the digital journey of finding the information you want on the,
0: you know, actually there both aspects okay. really. You know, yeah. we're you know I don't I I happen to see wayfinding and I didn't know if the, if you got into that, you know, the physical aspect of that as well for sure. But but I would certainly imagine uh technology is a huge uh, is plays a huge part of that inside the walls.
1: Yeah, I mean what's incredible now is you know, it's, it, you know, and, and maybe this goes into a little bit of the, the future of what healthcare holds, but it seamlessly combines data with a patient's medical history, mm-hmm. with real-time health information, including location, to help, like, imagine showing up at a health system and getting a notification on exactly where to go using beacon technology and some sense and plug-in with the calendar itself. Oh. So we, we, you know, that is all possible now because everyone is carrying their most personal device with them everywhere they go. Well, I'll
0: tell you, that is something, you know, that is incredibly interesting because, you know, particularly in the COVID world, you know, we've had to limit some of our staff members, you know, we, we don't have our volunteers on site right now. And volunteers play such an important role in the health system because they're always willing to help take patients and visitors from from the front door to say admitting and then to wherever they're having their procedure. Now we don't have those folks, and so that does integrate yet another issue that we've that we've kind of dealt with. And so, I'm really intrigued by this. We're going to need to talk later about about that whole aspect. So, so anyway, so I'll, I'll let you get back on 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 your track. Yeah, no, no, that's terrific, and
1: I'm happy to go down your track. I I think that one of the the, the things that we're at this kind of difficult intersection of is that, you know, at the end of the day, we have to show some sort of ROI, Mm -hmm. uh, return on investment from making an investment in a digital front door. And so I, I think that's why it's so critical to really think about that business need and, you know, and, and, and we have to have deep empathy for what that that health system is experiencing. Are they in that transition to value-based care? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, do they carry an upside-downside risk model? You know, like, or is it something else? And and their their strategy to grow is, is more hospital-based or it's more primary care mm-hmm. through tele, right? We really have to have deep empathy for the business. And then we also have to have deep empathy for that patient and what they're trying to accomplish. And because, I will tell you that the, the stuff that's available off the shelf from the EHR providers, unfortunately, is it's, unfortunately it doesn't allow the robust customization and the ability to integrate with the beacons and integrate with the third-party providers that health system has stood up in order to achieve their strategy. But at the same time, my chart is free. So there is that challenge that we have to navigate.
0: Okay, Um, let's talk a little bit about telemed. Uh, I I brought that up a number of times on previous episodes because that's something that, you know, we, COVID has certainly accelerated that. I, I was fortunate enough, yeah, 20 years ago, to be a part of a very robust telemedicine network in outstate Nebraska. I know that's an oxymoron, but we were robust in outstate Nebraska. Uh-huh. But uh, but anyway, so so COVID has really aced- accelerated that. You certainly talked about the the uh, uh, virtual visits, but tell us a little bit more. You know, I want to hear about what's next in telemed. What do you see down the road? So I think that there's a couple of ways where tele
1: starts to play. There was a... Uh, some recent studies out talking about the importance of tele for uh, physicians in regards to connecting with pharma sales reps, where pharma sales reps are not now coming to the office, but yet at the same time, there is some desire to get that information oh, absolutely. and create that relationship. So, so often when we think of tele, we think of like the tele between the provider and the patient but there's other use cases whether that's uh, e-consult with another physician or whether that's pharma or whether that's patient or even whether that's psych right because mm-hmm. sometimes we need to loop that in so i think one of the things from from what's coming from Tella is a redefinition of of what Tella encompasses and the power of Tella in in different workflows but Implicit in what I'm saying is cracking the workflow problem. I don't believe that we are moving in a world where everything is replaced by video. I think there will be the tele of the future is hybrid in terms of maybe starting on text. Mm-hmm. starting, like, even with me sharing a picture. Now, I know we have to get HIPAA-compliant chat and uh, all of that, of but but starting with a picture with a patient and then maybe deciding, hey, actually, that's a sty in the eye, apply a hot compress, or, hey, let's get on the phone so I can examine mm-hmm. it. So it may start asynchronously and then move into synch- syn- synchronous communication. So I think there's a little bit around broadening the definition, a little bit about, the process itself and a little bit about combining tele with some of the other asynchronous tools available
0: very interesting yeah well and and obviously again we keep we keep talking about the the negative aspects of COVID, but many positive things have come out of that and as you said you know utilize you know we're finding within within my organization utilizing uh you know zoom like what we're doing today or google meet or whatever uh has has frankly made many many of us a lot more efficient uh Mm -hmm. we're not traveling to meetings uh you know we're able to use uh technology as a as an excuse to have to jump off yeah so meetings don't get too uh too cumbersome but but you're exactly right i hadn't really thought about the the utilization with the uh, the pharma relationship with physicians because you know, a long, long gone are the days where pharma just, you know, brought lunches. You know, now the, the expectation is certainly bringing that information that physicians truly do need on a daily basis. So, um, okay. So, so we've, we've hit on, on, on my three, my three topics. What do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I mean, I would love to know what are, so what are some of the biggest problems that your facing right now? Okay. In terms of uh, at that intersection of the business unmet need and the patient unmet need, like Mm -hmm. what, what do you see here as, as healthcare's opportunities?
0: Okay. Wow. And and so Rajesh, you just, you've turned my podcast back around on me. (laughs) And so I don't know what to think about that, but, but I think we can, we can, we can work with it uh you know honestly right now the biggest thing that we're seeing still is the hesitancy of patients to seek care uh you know we uh, we have we've pivoted on our marketing strategies as a national organization to to uh really inform the consumer inform the patient that it is safe to come into the hospital or or to one of our physician clinics we uh, you know, we're, do, we're doing Facebook videos, we're doing television commercials about, you know, the intentionality that we have as far as cleaning, cleaning our facilities, you know, on a repeated basis, on the fact that everybody is wearing masks, on the fact that we are social distancing, washing our hands, that honestly, the hospital is probably, and the physician clinic, it's probably the two safest places that you can be and yet people still will choose to go to a big box retailer or out to a restaurant and, and neglect their own care. And so we're seeing a lot of patients who, who are really moving from, you know, before COVID, they were, they were in the midst of managing a chronic condition, whereas now with them delaying care, they're now having to deal with a very acute event. And so that right now, that's one of our, that's probably our main issue. And we're still climbing back to, you know, we're pretty close to pre-COVID volumes, but that is really what we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and the reason I ask is not to turn the table on you, but I just I I think it's just such a fascinating time that we're living in, and you know, for me, having as someone who's excited to solve these kinds of problems, it's it's fascinating for me to hear, and I wonder uh, too. As we think about, because there's so many industries that are facing this right now. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing it in the airlines or in hospitality or even in, um, and, and a lot of people, I saw this amazing ad from, I think, well, well, I won't say the brand, but I saw this amazing ad where they were talking about like their cleaning protocols. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like yeah. that's incredible. And now you imagine a hospital setting. I mean, it's got to be even five times more significant oh. than that. And we're we're okay going to Walmart, but we're not okay going to, it's a very interesting. And, and I wonder, you know, if it was a problem we were going to crack, the probably the way we would go about it is starting to think through um, sort of the persona of the patient, right? There's probably some personas that have, why is that happening? Mm -hmm. What, What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? And, and then, and then from that, you know, what can we make or do to, to help them overcome that hesitancy. Right,
0: yeah. And it's, it's interesting how you know, something something that occurred, really we're in our about our eighth month here, uh, but we have totally changed how we do business across, across industries. Uh, and like you, I'm fascinated. I've had a number of guests on, from various industries, just to hear how they've really pivoted uh, because of COVID. And, and it's it's funny because many of the strategies and tactics that they've employed uh, a year ago, they wouldn't have even considered. Like the biggest one, honestly, and, and you know where I'm gonna go, working remotely. Yeah. Allowing staff to work remotely and, and being very flexible in that uh and i know we as an organization we have a number of our non-clinical folks working remotely and we found that their productivity has actually gone through the roof yeah yeah you know
1: and 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 one of the things that i think is fascinating there is also i wonder like i've seen some and i'm I'm not talking about um the administrative staff now i'm talking about the practitioners themselves but Mm -hmm. there's some practitioners who are enjoying that flexibility of like being in but also being available but through other means exactly others who are saying actually i can't wait till we can get back to the office and do it the way we did it and it'll be interesting as this all comes together what what the new
0: the new way is yeah you're exactly right you know i know fortunately for me i was considered essential i don't know how essential i am sometimes (laughs) but so i've been coming into the hospital every day but uh I can't imagine I've got a lot of friends who are very, you know, they're big huggers. You know, we're hugger, we're hugging people down here in the south there, Rajesh. And so uh, you know, I talk to people every day who say, I can't wait to get back and just hug somebody. I'm so tired of you know being at my house and 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 talking to everybody on the screen. So so anyway, hey, in our in our final few minutes, any last words, Rajesh? I think that uh the opportunity if
1: you are working in healthcare we have such an amazing opportunity over the course of our careers Mm -hmm. there is there is so much change that is happening and we can learn from so many other industries who have kind of pioneered certain things and, and bring the best of other industries to our industry but we are the only people who can solve some of these challenges because what other industries don't have is this deep empathy for the fact that healthcare is extremely complicated Mm -hmm. and we're dealing with like patient lives. And so I I think there's never been a more exciting time to be a part of healthcare. And I would love to say to everyone, go out and, and build the future of healthcare. Think about uh, data, think about the patient's medical history, think about the insurance, think about um, the possibility of using these algorithms to help us be more predictive around health, to leverage the new watches and all of the technology that's there. And and, and I think we have this amazing opportunity to really impact health positively over the course of our careers.
0: Well. I couldn't have said it any better myself, Rajesh. So thanks so much for being with us. Rajesh Mithaf from uh, Bottle Rocket. Uh, It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to uh, talking with you again. As I said, when you get your mental health uh, 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 applications and your solutions together, we've got to talk again. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Well, and so folks, uh, that's it for us today here on I Don't Care with me, Kevin Stevenson. As always, uh, we are on uh, Marketscale.com radio every Friday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. And as soon thereafter, we are uh, downloaded to Spotify and iTunes. So if you haven't already subscribed to I Don't Care With Me, uh, why haven't you? That's my biggest question. So with that, uh, look forward to, uh, to talking with you and possibly seeing you again next week depending on if uh, my guest wants to, uh, to be on air uh, uh, physically. So with that, have a great day and we'll talk again soon, bye.